Our calling is not to manipulate, to harm, to admonish, to judge, or to limit people. Our calling is to help, to support, to care, to heal, to celebrate, and to show people how to live loving lives. How do we do that? We show up. In the worst of conditions, in the grimmest and most uncertain of times, we show up and we offer love without condition. Only by loving people will we help people to love. This is grace. This is the way. This is our calling. Amen. Good morning, Stone Village, and happy Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. Holy One, as we continue to travel through this season of Lent, strip us of our attachments and addictions that we might bear our souls to you. Render us deaf and blind to the distractions of want that we might hear and see only the demands of the gospel and break through our spiritual blockades that we might know your relentless love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The reading today is from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those seated at the table. Mary, the other sister, took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet, and then she wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he kept the common purse and stole from it. Jesus said to him, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> I recently discovered this quote. A flower does not think of competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms. It just blooms. I like that. Imagine if we were to live like the flower. What if we bloomed simply because we bloomed? What if there was no motive to our blooming? To be noticed, to be praised, to accomplish. What if we fragranced the world because we couldn't do anything other than fragrance the world? You see, the flower is going to do what the flower is going to do, regardless of whether anyone sees it or smells it. Its beauty and its fragrance are not a means to an end. The flower is without a why. And on my very best days, I'd like to live without a why. I'd like to give and do unconditionally. And I believe that's often how we hope to see ourselves. 
and how we want to exist and live in the world unconditionally. However, that's a difficult undertaking. We live in a world of economy, exchange, and transaction. In our day-to-day -day lives, we are expected to return the favor, to pay off the debt, and to reciprocate in some manner. In short, there's no free lunch. You get what you pay for, and we pay in all sorts of ways. We exchange our time for money. We sacrifice our relationships for success. We trade our dreams for the practicalities of making ends meet. Oftentimes, when we receive a gift, we often feel indebted, obligated to return the favor, or at least send a thank you note. Even the best intention gifts can leave us with an unintended debt of gratitude. Now, I say none of this as a criticism or a judgment, but simply as an observation of the many ways in which we daily transact the business of life. Economies are part of our world and our relationships. I'm not suggesting economies are inherently wrong, Yet maybe we need to be more aware of the power they have upon us. Maybe we need to work to loosen the grip of influence they have upon our relationships. Of course, life is not always transactional. We cannot always do everything for a payoff or a profit. And sometimes we don't. There are times when we do something simply for the sake of doing it. Things like offering love, forgiveness, hospitality, justice, compassion. In those moments of life, something is being affirmed and valued for itself, not for what it might achieve or accomplish. In those moments, there is no why. And I believe that is what's happening with Mary in today's gospel. She loves because she loves. She anoints because she anoints. She fragrances because she fragrances. There is no why. It is all gift. It is grace upon grace. There is nothing in it for her. It is unconditional, without measure or calculation. She is not invested in a result. She's just doing what she's doing because that's what she's doing. She breaks the chains of means to an end. And it makes no sense to Judas or to any economist. Gift always stands in contrast to economy. Even as Mary stands in contrast to Judas. Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor, he asked. I don't know his real motives. Maybe he was a thief and wanted the money for himself. Maybe he really did care about helping the poor. I doubt it. In any event, Judas is calculating and practical. He knows the market. He's an investor looking for a return. He wants to turn Mary's gift into a profit. 
Judas has a why. He's aligned himself with a means to an end. In the economies of our life, everything has a why. Life is measurable, and we become calculating, and we expect a return on our investment, whether the investment is money, time, love, or even a good deed. Now, I think we must be cautious in drawing conclusions about Mary and Judas. It would be easy to place them in opposition to one another. Mary is good. Judas is bad. Mary is right. Judas is wrong. Yet here's the thing. I can recall times in my own life when I have lived as Judas. In times when I have lived as Mary. Haven't you? What if... They are not two opposite lives or people, but two aspects of human life, two ways of living and relating. What if we hold both Mary and Judas within ourselves? What if they are images of ourselves, images of our charitable self and our economic self, images of our unconditioned life and our conditioned life. I wonder, when have you been merry, fragrancing the world without a why? And when have you been Judas, calculating and anticipating a return on your investment? In what ways have they shaped and misshaped your life? I don't believe it's a question of choosing one over the other. Gift or economy, Mary or Judas, but of living in the tension of the two. The tension is the call to be discerning and thoughtful about how we respond to others and engage life. The tension pushes us to look within ourselves at our motives and desires. The tension reveals Mary and Judas, gift and economy, and they are interwoven, and each has the possibility of the other. Now, I don't know if we can ever truly live like the flower, blooming without a why. However, I believe this. The direction, the reshaping, of one's life toward gift without condition is definitely worth the effort. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God so those to whom love is a stranger, they will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I love you, stoners. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you soon. Bye.